The verse of the week is Psalm 103:17a. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him. Welcome back to the Lou High Pod. Um, this week on our episode, we have Matthew Zeller, who is a Spanish teacher here at Lou High. He was actually my Spanish teacher way back in the day. Um, so we had a lot of fun recording this episode, didn't we, Hannah? Oh my gosh, I just laughed the entire time. Yeah, we recorded for like multiple periods during yeah. the school day um, yeah. and the episode's about 25 minutes long. So if that tells you anything <laughs> about this episode... It's just that we laughed and went on a bunch of random tangents and now have a lot of inside jokes. So yes. this is a great episode. Um, Which if you've ever spent any time with Zeller, you too have inside jokes. That's just, if you're around him, you get like inside jokes is just part of it. Yeah. That's kind of a really endearing quality about Matthew Zeller is yeah. he is willing to make an inside joke with everybody. So you're like bonded for life. Yes. It's so true. So we're going to include you in a lot of inside jokes on this episode of the podcast. Um, but before we dive into it, um, just a few announcements um, for the upcoming weeks. Um, fall break is this week, which is super exciting. Everyone gets a break um, while our teachers are on a conference. So um, fall break will be Wednesday through Friday this week. And then homecoming is next week. Uh, so make sure you're checking the website um, and social media for more information. Um, and all game times will also be listed on the website. And then parent-teacher conferences are coming up on Thursday, October 19th. Um, there will be no school that day. Um, so make sure you mark your calendars for that as well. As I mentioned, our guest this week um, is Spanish teacher extraordinaire and podcast jingle writer, Matthew Zeller. Uh, we talk about a lot on this episode, um, but we do get to dive into comprehensible input, which if you don't know what that is, you should definitely keep listening. We hope you enjoy. Okay. I'm, that was a nice little song. Hey, welcome uh, Taylor James. Taylor is the host of this podcast. She's the one here to ask questions, and I just want her to feel welcome because no one ever does that for you, Taylor. Yeah, thank you. It's a it's a nice change of pace. Yeah, I've listened to all the episodes, and I'm like, I can't wait to hear from these friends of mine, but they don't welcome you. So. <laughs> I know, they don't welcome me in my own podcast so studio. So today's topic is, Rude. do you really know your own friends? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and do you know the host of your own podcast? <laughs> well, you're our guest today, Mr. Zeller, Senior Zeller. And we're very excited to talk to you, mainly about language, but also just your time at Luhai, because you've been here for quite a while. Yes, that's true. How long? Are we starting with that? Let's just go with what is your what do you do here? What is your role? Let's start with that. That's a good question. My role here is I am the head of a foreign language department. And I also have an unofficial role, which is the head of um, nothing else. <laughs> but I get treated as if I have a role that I don't have, I think, because I've been here for so long. Yeah, everyone wears different hats here, so you and, just get lots of things thrown at you. And you just know things, so that's, 
when you just know things, people just, you know, want want to hear your opinion. Yeah, yeah. We're keeping it vague, and I think that's kind of the point. Like, this vagary, this vague space is... I'm the head of vague spaces. <laughs> Perfect. Vague spaces. Uh-huh. I, I'm going to make you a name a name tag for your door <laughs> that says that. <laughs> yeah. Head of vague spaces. Right. And then people walk into my space and see how vague it is. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone just goes in and goes, this room is very, uh, you know... Nondescript. Yeah. Not, a lot, not a lot to say about it. Yeah. <laughs> now that we've covered my absence of language skills, let's talk about language skills. Yeah, language skills, i.e. comprehensible input, which I don't know anything about. So it's something you use in our foreign language department and approach you use to teaching languages. So what is it and why do you use it in the foreign language department at Luhai? You know, that is such a good question, Taylor. And before I answer it, like I said, I think I've listened to all the episodes of this podcast. Can we just acknowledge this is the first one where um, we're not talking about some upcoming thing unless you're talking about the upcoming class period of every Spanish class (laughs) ever in this building. Comprehensible input is an exciting topic. And I encourage the listeners to don't switch off right now after I just said that. Because, in fact, you're going to want to put your hands on 10 and 2 because it's going to get pretty riveting. <laughs> Here's comprehensible input. And, and I'm going to nail this so hard that in the future, I'm going to put a QR code on my syllabus that leads parents back to this episode of this podcast and give them a quiz on it. Okay? Comprehensible input is a way of teaching foreign language that is different than the traditional way, the traditional way that most adults I know experience. The traditional way would be like memorization of lists and then putting um, verbs into charts and charting them out according to their appropriate conjugations of subjects and pluralities and declensions and all these things and treating language like it's math. It's Ooh. not. Yeah, boo. <laughs> I don't like a verb table, <laughs> conjugation yeah. table. Okay, so before we slam the traditional way a little too, too much, Sorry. I liked it so much I majored in it. <laughs> True. Fair enough. Fair. Fair enough. And uh, I thought, well, this is, I like this. I like rules. I like language, you know. I like puns. I, I'm a really good speller. Like, all of that was my jam. And uh, I thought, well, this will be easy because this is fun. Turns out 96% of people don't like that, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. That's you guys. Yes. The, the <laughs> we boomers. are the 96. Yeah, the so <laughs> so it, doesn't, it doesn't work as well. And I can't remember what year it was I switched, to, but Taylor, you were probably in high school or just out. You'd probably quit Spanish class because you're like, that's enough math. <laughs> I only took three years of Spanish here at Lujai, all with Senior Zeller. And by the way, side note, she was phenomenal. And in every podcast, when people go, we have a thing coming up. And she goes, I'm so excited about that. I love that. I love that. That's going to be so cool, that thing you're talking about. She means it. <laughs> she you. is. She's an excited person. She Thank loves you. life. She lives it that way. And <clears throat> she's not blowing smoke into these microphones. Thank you. Bring it back. Uh, comprehensible input is a different way of teaching language. So it's modeled on the way that a natural human being, child in its natural setting, would learn it on its mother's knee, as they say. 
So think about this. When you have a young child in your life, whether it's yours or a sibling or whatever, right? You'll see moms, grandmas, aunts and uncles do things like uh, read books or whatever way before they can talk. They can just make noises and things and they will do, for example, they'll say like, uh, here's a picture of a cow. What does the cow say? And then the kid will make a noise. It may or may not sound like a cow. And they'll go, good, and turn the page and then say, ooh, a dog. What does the dog say? And they'll make like that same noise they made for cow. <laughs> and then the parents will, and then the parents will say, good, and turn the page and go, what does a giraffe say? And then they'll turn to the side and be like, who bought this book? <laughs> Too much giraffes. I'm out of my element giraffe. And good. That's that's what it says too. This is a live look at and Hannah reading this, Will a book. Yeah, <laughs> yes. What? I'm taking notes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter the animal. It's like, oh, what does a block of cheese say? <laughs> Very good. <laughs> uh, and what happens there? So, I mean, think about like what are you teaching the child? Most people would say, well, you're teaching a kid animal sounds, right? Okay, you are. You know. But, like, is that a life skill, first of all? Like, how often do you need to recall animal sounds? Not past five Pretty years Pretty much. Old. No, you do. It's once you're teaching a young child to talk. That's the, <laughs> on, that's the only time you use animal sounds. Either you're learning to what they are or you're teaching what they are. And side note, animals don't sound like that. None of them sound anything like that. And if you take your animal sounds to Spain... And say, you know what our roosters say? They say, cock-a-doodle-doo. <laughs> no, they don't. Not even close. Roosters, like, it's hard to... They don't use consonants. And, anyway, animals don't sound like that. But if you actually tried to spell it out, it'd be all vowels, and it would, like, take up the whole page, and you couldn't pronounce it. Ridiculous. This is off track. So you're not actually teaching the sounds of animals. But you, what you are doing is a lot of things. You're connecting because you love this child. You enjoy it. They enjoy it. But what you are doing and you don't know you're doing is teaching a really, really difficult concept. If you're learning English, one of the very tricky things to learn is when and how do we use this word do and does? Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. And if and I tell this to students all the time, I say, OK, a family just moved from another country. They live next door. They come to you. They say, explain to me this. How can you say a do and does like the only explanation you are going to have is um, I think you have to grow up and hear a lot of examples of it done rightly. And then that's that's how you know when to do it is because it sounds like all the other times you've heard it done. That's pretty difficult thing to do. Anyone who's learning English, by the way, you should give them a hug because it's hard. Mm -hmm. But when you are teaching your child, what does the blank say? What does the blank say? What does the blank say? You're reinforcing the correct usage of does and wow. what. And the word do is being conjugated like I do, she does. But you wow. weren't doing that on purpose. Oh. But that's how we learn language in real life right wow. so comprehensible input is basically just us reading 
animal books to kids all day. <laughs> that is what they do That's, in Spanish. If you come to the Spanish department, you will see everyone with a children's book. <laughs> <laughs> you should hear, in our defense, though, we do really spot-on giraffe impersonations. <laughs> Are you going to share one with us now? <laughs> Please. <laughs> Moo. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's actually. Oh, dear. I thought a giraffe just walked in. Okay, so what do we do in a classroom? Well, we don't have toddlers, first of all. We have thinking, literate, advanced ninth graders who are very capable of lots of things. And, you know, whatever, ninth through twelfth graders, because it's not just. It's not just beginner level, but there's less emphasis on grammar. We still teach grammar. We still use grammar correctly, but it's more about communication, right? So if I, that's the hard part for the teacher is we make things that are very repetitive, but only to us, Mm -hmm. right? So for example, I might ask you, my student, Lola, let's call you, for example. My (laughs) Spanish name back in high school. We might, like, would ask some questions, and I would say, like, what did you do over the weekend? And you'd say, I played volleyball, and I watched a movie, and I did my homework, and I ate tacos, right? Like, we could make a whole period out of that, and I could say things like, I would do this in Spanish, but I would say, okay, class, she ate burritos, yes or no? No. Oh, no? She ate pancakes? No. Oh, what did she eat? She ate tacos. Oh, that's right. She ate tacos. And like just right then, right? Like I said, she ate, she ate, mm-hmm. she ate mm-hmm. a bunch of times. That's what I'm really doing. But in this example, I'm really like, do you know? Do you know the answer? And they're like, yeah, we know, we know. It's So that's like a quick example of a more mature version of what does the giraffe say? What that's did Lola amazing. eat over the weekend? Yeah. That's amazing. That's that is really like cool. Blowing my mind. And also, I, I took your Spanish classes, and I feel like you were already doing that when I was in Spanish, even if that was pre you making the switch to using comprehensible input. I didn't even know that's what we were doing, and it was really effective. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, because if the student, well, I guess it is, it's okay if the student knows what you're doing, but as long as they're willing to play along, it's crazy how well it works. And this is, a topic we don't have to follow but like it's crazy how well it works and when when it's a classroom of people who like want to be there because they signed up for it and they want to learn language you know it's so effective mm-hmm. our language classes are so fun i always tell families that on tours like it's not just sitting and conjugating your verbs or studying a list of vocab words just like you said i always tell them like you're singing songs in the language and you're reading books in the language and you're going to watch TV shows because it just immerses you and engages you so much more. And then you are, like you said, much more willing to actually learn it. Yeah, it's cool. And going back before I forget this thought, going back to like um, natural child language acquisition, like a toddler learning this. I don't know. I'm saying toddler, but whatever. Two year old. When do kids learn to talk? I only have four of them, and they all, I don't remember anything. Do they all talk? They, they don't scream talk, yeah. all night. Yeah. <laughs> I tried to unteach them that. <laughs> uh, at whatever the two-year-olds-ish, two to three, when they're learning to talk, and, and still even, I guess, with my five-year-old, 
you know, if my five-year-old says like, like, dad, come see this. Come, dad, come here, come here. It's an emergency, right? It never is. <laughs> it's always like, oh, there's a caterpillar. That's great. I'm glad you woke me up for this. But he'll, he'll say like, dad, look, look how far I hit that rock with this bat. And he wants to show me how proud he is, how far he hit a rock with a bat or whatever, which is not an activity that I condone <laughs> at our house. But um, that's my parenting. That's another podcast. I'm trying to come up with an example. Like, he, I, I hitted that, right? Like, I never go, oh, no, 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 son. You might be good at baseball, but this is more important. Let me tell you <laughs> something. This is an irregular past tense. You need to say, I hit that. And it sounds a lot like the present tense. I hit the ball right now. I hit the ball yesterday. And how are you going to, well, context there, sit down, get out your paper. Like we always, you know, a good father and an, I'll say a normal parent in that situation would be like, that's awesome. Good. Maybe you could use a wiffle ball next time and not a rock, but, but you don't correct the language yeah. and, and it's rare that a parent does correct the language, but we still figure it out. Mm -hmm. So communi communication is key over accuracy. That's my point here. Like you will, your feedback, you know, the kid will say, I hit this rock with a bat really far. And you'll say, wow, you did hit that rock mm -hmm. really far. Mm -hmm. And that's how we human beings learn to speak correctly. And so comprehensible input includes that in its model. It's super fascinating, you know? Yeah. That's so fascinating. Oh my gosh. Well, you're, I mean, you're clearly very passionate about language, which is amazing. How, like, how did you become interested in it? Why did you decide to study that in college? And oh, we want to go there. Yeah, I want to go there. Just for all, everyone in Radioland, um, I am sitting in a chair upright, but. Taylor seems to think I'm laying on my shrink's couch right now. I am your psychologist. But I do what I'm told. So the, my, young, my youngest memory, maybe ever, one of my earliest memories, I was in preschool and our teacher gave us those, you know, those like salty square crackers with peanut butters in the middle, oh, like yeah. a sandwich. Mm -hmm. They gave us those. And she goes, okay, kids, here's your snack eat them one at a time and uh this and i was like you got it teach because if there's one thing i love it's following rules so she has us eat these gives us a snack and the kid across from me puts two of them in his mouth and so i'm gonna take the teachers back and correct him and i go hey don't eat those and as and I swear to you, I remember this. And I'm halfway through my reprimand when it occurs to me, I don't know how to say the phrase two at a time. I've never learned it. Mm. I'm like five, four or five, right? Pre-school. And it occurred to me, I, like, I don't know the phrase two at a time. I've barely been breathing oxygen. I can't wipe my own butt or tie shoes. You think I'm going to know how to reprimand a preschooler? But here I am telling him. And so I do what everybody does. I say the closest thing available to that, which for me was one at a time. So I go, don't eat those one at a time. Having the teachers back and the teacher comes over, hears me and says, no, do eat them one at a time. And guess who got in trouble? Oh. 
the gluttonous filth mouth over there with cracker jam in his way to oblivion? Me, the rule follower. And somehow, I don't know that that set me on a trajectory of following rules and mastering language or if it was innate the whole time. But those things have always been like at my core. And so the language of the rules of language have always been fascinating to me. And language itself is always fascinating to me. And spelling, which is included in the rules of language, is fascinating to me. And since I'm still on this couch, thanks, Taylor. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. If you hang out with me long enough, and I mean longer than 12 seconds, you'll find that I really have a penchant for puns. And that is my jam. And so that's True. like breaking the rules of language in an appropriate, socially acceptable way. Like, this is kind of my whole life. Yeah. Um, okay, so you speak English and you speak Spanish. Do you speak any other? Or do you feel like you, because you speak Spanish, now you can, you have access to other languages? Ooh, so um, my French is come see, come sa. I'm on like a 600 plus Duolingo streak. Nice. I also took two semesters in college, but... Uh, that's a good question because once you've learned a second language um, willfully, so some people just grow up speaking more than one language because that's their life, right? That doesn't count. So, But if you learn another language and you remember learning it, you took lessons or whatever, once you learn how to do it, the first one, the second and third and fourth are infinitely easier mm -hmm. because you kind of learn how to do it. So I don't have like a huge desire to be some kind of polymath, nor do I have a lot of time. I have four kids and they're always hitting rocks with bats, you know, <laughs> um, but I enjoy it. And, you know, probably in my retirement, I'll, I'll make that a thing and go, I should have done this earlier. <laughs> Arabic. But my French is pretty good and I enjoy it. And if you talk to Mr. Heinem, he, you know, he doesn't sleep. So he has that gift. And he does learn other languages. He's got, I think, seven pretty oh good. Unreal. Okay, here's my defense for learning language at all. How about that? Not that you asked. So You are the host of this podcast. The short, yeah. The short answer of why do we need to learn this, right, is like the short answer. If a student were to say that to me, like, well, why do you need to learn anything? Most subjects in high school you're not going to use in the real world. Chemistry, looking at you. Um, every subject looking at you, but, but you, that's not what high school is. It's not preparation for the real world. You know, there's a lot of people who are doing fine in the real world who, uh, don't know a lot of things they were allegedly taught in high school. Anyway, high school is not giving you the skills to live in the real world. Otherwise we'd all be like fixing engines, doing plumbing and, you know, balancing a checkbook and we hardly ever do any of that stuff. It's all school is like teaching you how to think, how to use your mind, so to speak. It's kind of like learning how to drive. You don't learn how to drive so you can drive from your house to school and back. You learn how to drive so you can go anywhere. And that's kind of what school is. Anyway, so metaphorically, I feel like learning language 
is like having a black and white television and going to a color television. And if you have a black and white television, you probably go, I'm already enjoying television. What could there possibly be that's better than this? Sorry, you wouldn't say this because <laughs> you weren't born 100 years ago. But <laughs> None of us in this room were born 100 years ago. You could imagine <laughs> the difference when people had black and white TVs. You know, and they probably thought, this is great. Look at all these TV shows. And then someone comes along and goes, hey, we got one that's in color. But here's the thing. It's kind of hard to get. It's expensive. You got to go to class and sit there for a long time. And, and now I'm mixing my metaphor. And then the black and white TV would probably go, well, I, I'm watching the same shows as you. So why would I even do that? And you can just go, man, I can't explain it. Just trust me. It's better. I was where you are. And I'm glad I'm not anymore. The human brain. <laughs> you can cut all that out if you want. I don't know. It's no, I like that. There's a chapel message. That's a soapboxy. I could have done better. Well, I wish we had more time because this has been so awesome. Um, but I'm going to let you pick our outro music, Zeller. Is that a tradition on this show? No, you're the only one that gets the privilege because we love you so much. Uh, that's great. I know you guys usually go with uh, that. Whatever that song is, sounds like someone trying to do a Boney Vare impersonation uh, who needs more practice on editing skills. But um, did you use GarageBand? <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. <laughs> you know what? This podcast is Just sponsored roll it. by Just roll it. Man, I wish all of you could have been in the room for this because so much of this amazing conversation has been cut, and you're just <laughs> going to have to come to our office if you want to hear it all. So. Thank you, but Zella. if you ever want to come Zella. to my house and play rock baseball with my kids <laughs> and the chickens, yeah, I'll be taking a nap. So, <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. Next week, we're joined by student council rep Riley Robbins to talk about homecoming week. Taylor James is your host. As you know, Mr. Zeller wrote and recorded the intro and outro music, and I'm the producer. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, now's a great time to do it. Thanks to Mr. Zeller and all our guests this season. See you guys next week. And this is his commandment that we believe